Hey guys, welcome to today's episode of The Girls Encounter. Today I have my cousin Fanel. Fanel, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Fanel and I am Jelini's cousin, obviously. Makeup artist, entrepreneur, Her. and a pro at living there for her best life. Period. Thank you for coming on today, Prima. I really appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. I love to be part of your podcast. Thank you. Thank okay, you. Um, as you guys know, um, Fanel was one of my first guests originally. Um, she is in the process of becoming one of my co-hosts. So you will definitely be seeing her around more. Period. So, guys, today's topic is about toxic households and daddy issues. We love uh, that. <laughs> which part do we actually love? Uh, <laughs> daddy issues. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely a thing that I feel like we all have. Yeah, some... a lot of us, a lot of, I, I would say, sadly, we do have a lot of daddy issues, but hey. Who doesn't love them a girl with daddy issues? Period. <laughs> um, one of the t another topic is um growing up in toxic households. I'm not sure, Prima, if you grew up in a toxic household. I definitely did, and I feel like it shaped me. Um, yeah, the person who I am today. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't um say that it was a super bad thing, but I wouldn't say the same for my um siblings. But for myself, it wasn't something like super bad. No, I feel like we all, and well, not all, but like, especially in the Hispanic community, um, for girls, it can be very toxic, very toxic, very weird growing up, especially if you're like the oldest. So what would you consider a toxic household? Um, what would you consider a toxic household? household? Uh, I can't <laughs> Guys, we took ELA. We are not from here, but we were born here. Well, were you born here, Prima? I was. Oh yeah, we were both born here. But you know, we the little the English kicks in little. I mean, off you sometimes. grew up here, but I didn't I did. grow up. Yeah, I grew. I lived started living here when I was ten. Oh yes, you did. You so I'm still, did. you know, little Hispanic Dominican <laughs> accent is a little Dominican. It's very livid. Um, so I would consider um, a toxic household where you have parents who are fighting, where um, now that I'm a mom, I kind of see it as my mom was like super toxic when I was mm -hmm. younger mm -hmm. and she never had structure in her house. Like everything okay. was just, oh, you guys need to do this because you guys are kids. Or you need to do this because you're the older sister. And it was kind of her taking away from her role as a mother and throwing like responsibility on me when I was super young. So that's one of the things that I considered like super toxic. Um, her, yeah, her, um, when I grew up, I actually thought my stepdad was my actual father. Mm -hmm. So um, coming to find out that another man was like my father and then just kind of seeing the way that my mom used to behave with my stepdad it was kind of like yeah this shit is fucking toxic like I'm good love no yeah like I definitely um see that 100 um I feel like my definition is a little bit different 
Um, for me, um, not to take away from what you just said, but for me, my household was a little different toxic, I will say. Um, growing up, I just felt like my boundaries were not respected. Um, I did have, like you, kind of like have to take the responsibility of raising my siblings. But I also felt like the way that it was toxic, it was just like there's no boundaries. And I felt like I had to do things. And not because I wanted to, but because I was forced to or like I was expected to. And if I didn't, then that was going to be an issue. So feeling feeling that um, whatever I was doing wasn't enough when you were so young and like you were not even supposed to be doing any of those stuff. Right. It's like... Like, am I even, like, growing? And then yeah. um, and he kind of forces you to grow up so fast mm-hmm. that when you're an adult, you feel like, whoa, like, I never had a childhood. So then you start having, like, you know, um, you have to heal your inner child because you never had a childhood. So it's just, like, like, that for me is more of, like, that's my toxic household and a healthy family situation. I can go on for hours because I have more <laughs> more experiences, but I feel like that's, like, my main... Um, definition that I want to like that I hold accountable as a toxic household I would definitely agree with you because I feel like um as a child you're supposed to live your childhood like it should never be granted like you know you have to help your parents in certain situations but there was something that I read recently where it's like um, people who are not, who didn't have a good childhood, they um, are bad at keeping a relationship because they mm-hmm. feel like they need to always be like on top of it, like fixing yeah. things. Yeah. So it's very hard for them to identify whether they're dealing with a narcissist or if they're just, you know, dealing with their own things that they didn't, that they couldn't figure out when they were a child. No, 100%. I'm sorry for cutting you off, but no, no I agree with that, like 100%. Because it's like, it's not my responsibility that I have to take care of your child. You know, like, yeah, like, we're family and we can help you out. But at the same time, you're taking away from my childhood to give it to, like, this other child and then doing the same thing to them, to them, and then so on and so on. And then when we grow up and we don't come around, we don't do this stuff, you're like, oh, like, you never want to be part of the family. How we want to be part of the family when we don't, when we feel that we're excluded and we're not really part of the family, we're being used. You're, we're being used. Yeah. I yeah. definitely felt like that also when I was younger with my mom, mm-hmm. it was just always like, like at a very young age, I was probably like from the times I was nine to 11, it was just taking care of my little brothers. And it was just like, why am I being a mom at this age? Mm-hmm. Didn't, I wasn't able to live my childhood, like went straight to growing up. Then mm-hmm. I was on like straight, like nurture, nurture, nurture. And it's just like, I haven't yeah. had time to be a child. So I definitely think that that's when I like toxic households, I will try to avoid having that at me being a mom now. It's mm-hmm. just like certain things that I'll take in consideration. Like everyone has a position to play at home. I'm not expecting my child to like take care of my other kids, you know, like, I'm a mom. Yeah. This is what I chose to do. We're a family. It's supposed yeah. to be like a teamwork kind of thing, not, hey, you're in charge. You know yeah. what I'm saying? If anything, hire like a nanny, like do something, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, have, definitely. If you can handle it, what having more kids? I definitely agree with that. A lot of people have so many kids that they can even take care of one. I only have one right now and I don't even want, I like, I would love to have another kid, but just, yeah, my one is 
a lot right now. I have for sure. You're so so yes, thank you so much, my little girl. How old were you when you realized what a toxic household was? Did you like realize it right away when you were young, or was it like when you were older? Like, what the fuck? This shit is toxic as fuck. So no. So my mom actually put me on in therapy when I was like sixteen or seventeen, and that's when oh, wow, I that's young. realized. But unfortunately, I didn't did I didn't do anything about it until I was twenty three. So did you like recognize it when you were sixteen and you were like, like something say, is wrong? Yeah, and also well, when I was sixteen, seventeen, I didn't I knew something was wrong, obviously, because you know, my relationship, it was always fight with her, it was always fighting. I was very like I wanna be like my with my own I wanna do my I wanted to do my own thing. Mm-hmm. And then when I was eighteen I went away for college. Um our relationship went well. Like, it became a little bit better. We'll talk every day on the phone. Um, we had, like, a good relationship. And then when I came back from school and moved back home, it went back to how it was before. And then that's when I realized, wait a second, I'm, my boundaries are not being respected. Right. Um, I basically have to do everything, and I'm expected to do everything, even if I say no, it's an issue. If I agree with you, it's an issue. If I don't agree with you, it's an issue. If I don't do anything, it's an issue. Like, everything is an issue. And this is not something that I'm willing to put myself on. So at this point, like, you know, I'm like 20, 21. And I'm low-key. Well, I started, like, um, distancing myself. Kind of like, um, like, fighting back a little bit, if you will. Um, Yeah. So I was just like, you know, whenever, like, they would ask me to do something and I never wanted to do it. I'll say no, you know, they all fight back and you know, like, no, you have to do it. I'm like, okay, like I have to do it, I guess. But oh. then, um, I just knew it was toxic. Um, after 21, that was when I knew like, yeah, like I live in a toxic household. Like I need to like, you know, work on myself. So I started reading a lot and doing my own thing. And then there was an issue that happened that lead to me moving out. Best decision that I've ever made, by the way. Um, but yeah, like I pretty much knew that I was living in a toxic household ever household ever since I was 18. That goes, um, to my next question. Do you feel like that's affected you as an adult? And if so, 100% like a positive or a negative impact on your life? So I think it has both for me, like for me, um, because I'm, I feel like I am more of like a moral per I I live with like more I'm more of like a moral person okay. so like I know right for wrong I know like what am I supposed to do but I, at the same time like I also am like a wildflower as well so like there's things that is unexpected from me so I think that he made me who I am today but it's not the only thing I feel like my childhood when I was younger even younger shaped me in my teenage years to endure their hardships. Right. And then those hardships ship, um, uh, kind of like, uh, they help you become an adult. That's how you yeah, become a yeah. leader. Yeah. 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 So, um, but what I do feel like that's like the positive now with the negative, I feel like it has affected my life negative. Like, you know, I'm in therapy now. Um, healing for my traumas. There's but... nothing wrong with that. You <laughs> oh know, no, I love some it. Some of y'all need therapy. So oh God, don't even. Don't even. Exactly. So, um, no, I definitely shaped me for the good and bad. There's things that I see myself 
acting, like even in relationships or friendships, things that I do that is like, oh my God, wait, I don't like this about me. Yeah. I need to like, you know, shift it a little bit. And also like communication wise. I Oh my gosh. No, actually, yes. So, you know, when you're in a toxic household, it's very like your household is very strict. Yeah. My sister. So you're not are, able to like express yourself how you exactly. feel. So my sisters are so shy and I'm really shy. So when we're home, like we're fine, you know, like you're home. But my sisters at school, they're very shy. And um, and I'm really shy, too, in like a group of people. And I feel like that's like one of the negative. It's like in social situations when you are raised in a toxic household or like a you household become that an, is a natural introvert. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. even like now, like I love being social. Like, I, you know, I'm, I'm, like I, I'm, I'm a wild person. But I do feel like I have um, introverted, introverted tendencies. I actually just realized what a toxic household was probably about. I'm 24 now. So I want to say within the past three years. Okay. Um, after I first started going to therapy when I came back home from deployment, there was yeah. a lot of triggers that would. So one of the things that was happening with me was that I would drink out of emotion and all oh. the emotions would lead back to me like resenting like things with my mom, things mm -hmm. with my family. I would try to compensate all at once, like building relationships with my sisters, with my mm -hmm. brothers, you know, with family that I haven't seen for a while. And it's kind of like, okay, well, you're taking action, but are you actually healing within? Yeah. And so I started to see a therapist. And when I started to see um, my therapist, she was like, oh, we're, what were the kind of some of the things that you know, like, I already knew my childhood was messed up, but I didn't mm -hmm. realize, like, it was toxic, and I didn't really know, like, the severity to the of the extent, toxic. yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. and then she's like, well, what happened? And then I was like, I'm, I'm explaining, I'm like, wait, this is a little off. And then at mm -hmm. this point, I'm a mother, so yeah. my daughter's probably, like, two, three years old, and I was like, oh, shit, like, I would never, you know, as a parent, like, mm -hmm. I, could, I could never have my daughter in this situation. Then yeah. I started to realize, I was like, this shit is fucking with me. Like, I'm constantly drinking now. I'm, like, wanting a family so bad. I had this phase where I was just, like, I wanted a family within, like, myself. And it was just, like, it's because I haven't, you know, I've been years without yeah. my family. Mm -hmm. And now I'm, like, trying to, like, getting in fucking crazy-ass relationships, like, expecting to be with these guys for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Like, trying to compensate for growing up in a toxic household, for getting the yeah. love that I didn't get when I was younger. And you I was were looking like, for love elsewhere instead of like within you. Within yourself and self-love, y'all. Yeah, because that's Love's something great. that you don't, you don't learn when living you don't with learn. toxic if, people. Yeah, you don't learn that living with toxic people. When you're in a healthy environment, in yeah. a healthy home, you literally learn like put yourself first. Like mm -hmm. now with my daughter, like every single day we have this board, you know, I write five things yeah. each day that we're going to wake up and do. And the first thing is like, show up for yourself. Like sure, you yeah. cannot be there for anyone else unless you're there for yourself first. Exactly. So, That's what I'm. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like we grew up thinking that when you're there for yourself, you're being selfish. Mm hmm. It's you not know? selfish. It's not you selfish at all. You can't really be there for anyone else. I mean, you have to be yourself. selfish if you want yeah. to be there for other people. You like, you have to be selfish. Unfortunately, most definitely. And I'm definitely the same way. Like, um, with my soldiers, like you know, I'm in a leadership position right now, okay. and it's kind of like if 
I'm not good. How are my guys going to be good? Like, how if my mm-hmm. mental health is not up to par, how am I supposed to be taking on their problems and, you know, dealing with their emotions? So I think it's very important to always put yourself first, regardless of the circumstances. I would definitely say that disrespecting your parents is very much different than putting yourself first. Exactly. Um, having conversations, like I've learned with my mom that there was times I would explain to her what she, what I felt like she did to me and she would like completely shut out on me and like hang up the phone block me for months and I'll be like okay well you know I said what I had to say Mm -hmm. she has some growing to do this has nothing to do with me I just said how I felt yeah even to this day you know we there's we bump heads a little bit but I've learned I that one of the things that I learned is like you cannot control what other people feel you're Mm -hmm. responsible for your own feelings feelings. so ever since that I definitely have been like taking step backs, like in relationships, friendships, like, you know, at work and everything like that. So I definitely think that growing up in a toxic household was a good thing. And it was Mm -hmm. also a bad thing. Yeah. Like it definitely helps you grow as a person and like be more aware of um, certain things and also like um, help you mature more. Yeah. But it also has, like, you know, it's downfall, like, the leftover traumas and the leftover everything, which is super fine. Like bird, um, broken bird syndrome. I yeah. don't know if you've heard of that. And I was just like, ah! When I saw it, because um, I, I, like, I was like, okay, what is it called when, as a woman, every guy that you're bumping to, like, you're trying to nurture them? But it's not only just, like, a female-to-male thing. It's also a male-to-female thing. And it's actually called broken birth syndrome. And it's where you try to, like, nurture the person that you're with because Mm -hmm. you didn't have that love when you were younger. And I was like... And that's the thing. Like, we want to, like, basically give them all love without knowing if they're actually going to give it back. And I know that we're not supposed to, like, expect anything but I'm sorry. Why would I give you love when you're not giving me? Well, you can't back. even give me love back. And then the bad part about it is that growing up in toxic house, you don't know. You don't know, like the person you're like attracted to these people who are unemotionally available. Yeah. You're attracted because to you people are that don't love you. Available. Yourself, yeah. yeah. But you're trying to compensate for mm-hmm. the trauma when you're younger. I think it's I think it's crazy, but I definitely do agree that. Growing up in toxic households, it has its pros and its cons, yeah. and I would never take away from it. You know, I just definitely feel like as a parent myself, and like you know, I do want I a big family. So mm-hmm. one of the things that I do work with my daughter now is like, hey, communication. Something's bothering you. Talk to me. I try to do like no secrets. You know, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. your mom. That's important. You can tell me whatever you need to. Like you know, I'll be mad at her for doing certain things sometimes, but I'll try not to stay mad so long because mm-hmm. i don't feel like kids should be they should be held like, accountable presented. for it yeah 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 by their own parents so it's just like nah i'm you not gonna what? i'm not gonna be mad at you for a week for something that you did exactly when it's not even probably that huge of a deal like if it right. was a big of a deal like you would have like you know have that conversation with them and you know maybe punish yeah. them if that's like your um if that's like why you where you want to go with it but yeah definitely. i also think that growing up in a toxic household make you a better parent because now you know what to do when what, what to, to do, do and what not to do and like what things to take from that and what not to take from that and something that i found out recently not recently but like a couple of years ago but it is a recent thing is that traumas are hereditary really yeah so like basically the traumas of your mom 
grandma and I think great grandma comes um, is passed down to you if they're not healed. So you, since you're healing and you're not raising your daughter with I'm that, breaking that trauma, the curses. You're breaking that Break curse, I'm here for it. I'm here for the breaking all the types of curses. Like we, we're not gonna be depressed. No, we're not gonna be we did that mad over we money. Young. We're not no. gonna be having trouble communication issues. Like I'm here for the generational curses breaking. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. We love that. We love it here. We love it here. <laughs> so moving on, prima, to our topic about daddy issues oh my goodness no it's definitely like a thing I feel like I didn't know that it was daddy issues when I first started like on my dating um did someone say that to you like you have daddy issues I don't know if I don't like honestly I don't recall if anybody said that to me or if I like I think I self-identified I feel like I self-identified too but I don't know like I I generally don't know but um i think i I mean i do have it like i know that for a fact like that's not (laughs) even to question like there were like you know i know i have it but um it's crazy that that was like i like that is a thing you know what i mean like the whole concept of it blows my mind freaking nuts i actually read about it the first time and then i was like no, Jaden, but like the me. problem is that there's, like, I feel like there's different type of daddy issues, different levels. There's, like, you know, the normal is, level, definitely. like, us. Like, you mm-hmm. know, we don't really care, but we're, like, okay. But there's, like, the crazy level, like, level 10. Level 15, level 20. Yeah. Level, um, yeah. I definitely would say, like, what would what would be your definition of daddy issues? I don't know. Like, you know, when you're clingy, the men, yes. and, like, you want older guys because you want to feel protected and you want to feel loved and you want to feel secure emotionally and everything. Woo! Um, you um, well, yeah. Basically, and oh my gosh, emotionally unavailable men. You just you're a magnet for that. Like you're basically asking for it. I am literally like when I, like literally you and I have definitely the same definition. Yeah, and it's just more of like. <laughs> Being in a relationship, finding a guy and wanting mm-hmm. to cling on to that guy. Yeah. Like, not like you're, you fall in love for like three seconds. In three not even se- first sight. Not even I, first sight. In the first hour, like, what are we doing? Are we getting Girl, married? Girl, the first minute. And, yeah, <laughs> and you're planning your wedding. Seconds. You're planning your oh kids. Oh my God. You're planning, planning your entire life around this man. Oh, MG Prima. I wish that I could like <laughs> scream this in the air. It is definitely like that. Because yeah. when I read about it, it was just something along the lines of like you're super clingy to men, and this is from not having your father like in your life and shit. And I was just like, oh well, my dad, he wasn't a hundred percent present, but mm-hmm. I had stopped a relationship with my stepdad when I was younger, about like eleven, twelve years old. But he did raise me, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's just certain things that a father teaches you. Well, a good father would teach you that mm-hmm. would prevent you from getting into relationships yeah. with these men who are not shit. Yeah. And it's just like dealing with a guy that like, for example, I've been in abusive relationships before, but I'll be honest, I've mm-hmm. always initiated the abuse. And you know, if <laughs> I had <Lenny>. dad, <laughs> he would be like, ma'am, you don't put your hands on guys. And I was out here 
put in my hands. Like I you were basically fuck. the man of. The I was like assaulting them, yeah, and it was yeah. just an emotional thing because I would be upset and I just didn't know how to use my words, and mm-hmm. I would use my hands. I'm like, okay, my hands will go. Then they were when I would, hands. <laughs> they were catching hands, feet, bleach, everything. <laughs> but <laughs> when I um started to realize, like some of the guys I was dealing with, they were actually hitting me back. And I would stay. I would stay. I would definitely stay. I want to say that I've had, like, boyfriends here and there, you know, but it was just yeah. this one guy that was my ex. Like, he was 12 years older than me. And How I, old were you at the time? At that time, I was 21. Okay. And he was, he was 33. Yeah, he was mm-hmm. 33. And he was, like, like, I don't know if it was just because of his age that he knew exactly where to get me at. He would just be, like, warming all the time. You know, I would, I was, like, so dependent of him. Like, and yeah. I'm an independent-ass bitch. Like, I do mm-hmm. not like depending on men. But he no. just made it seem like, you know, like he had me. And he would mm-hmm. have me. Like, but then uh, behind that, it was his own insecurities and the own things that he was dealing with. So I was willing to stay because I felt like he was my home and, you know, he was kind of like my daddy, like, you know, Mm. you got me, like, I'm good here, but not knowing that I was actually hurting myself because I was trying to fix him and I don't need to fix a man. You know what I'm saying? No, you shouldn't fix. First of all, I am a huge believer of, well, I know that I'm, that we're broken. I know that I'm broken, but I'm healing myself. You know, you're healing yourself. We're working on ourselves. I'm not going to fix a man or a person that does not want to be fixed. If you're not fixing yourself, I'm not helping you. I am sorry. And the only reason why I say that is because sometimes broken people damage other people. Mm. It's like mold in a bread. It just (sighs) spreads around. It does. It does. And to be honest, at this point, there's so many men out there that are so broken. And I feel really, really bad, but they don't want to seek help. You tell a man that if go to therapy or go talk to somebody. Oh, I don't need that. I'm a man. I can mm-hmm. fix it. Okay, then yeah. fix it without me, bitch. Because I'm not going to be there <laughs> waiting for you to fix it. A hundred years from now when you're like a hundred and like we're dying, that's when you want to fix it? No, thank you. Yes. I definitely was actually talking about that with one of my coworkers the other day where he said that women always get into a relationship with a guy and feel like they can mm-hmm. fix them. No. I have that tendency sometimes. I feel like Joe, you know, I look mm-hmm. at a guy and I'm like, okay, you're suffering. Something's wrong with you. I Girl, you're not Mother you. Teresa. You need to stop that. Like yesterday. <laughs> I could fix you, you know. You're like, not a band-aid. What do you need? <laughs> and that's our problem. Uh, that's I think that's one of the big daddy issues. Like if you have a yeah. guy, a majority of my friends who do have a father figure in their life, they yeah. are actually like they're successful, you know. I consider myself to be super successful, also. No, like they don't have like that emotional. They don't have that emotional um, attachment with me. Yeah. Exactly. It's yeah, more because, of a. Yeah. Yeah, like for me, my okay. So I have uncles basically raising me. Like I never had like a father per se. Right. Like, and then my um figure of a father, if you can say, it's um my mom's husband when I was like fourteen, when I moved okay. in with them, you know. So other than that, like, my dad passed away. I never, like, he never, he didn't raise me. And, like, my fathers were, like, my uncle, my one uncle, he was, like, a father to me. He basically raised me, but I knew he was my uncle. But he wasn't, like, raising me, raising me, as in, like, you know, telling me right from wrong, if that makes sense. He was just, like, 
the male figure in my life that I look up. Okay, that's my uncle, but he's like a father to me. And then he okay. passed away. Um, oh, I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. I worked through that trauma already, but thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but no, like I never have like a firm like male fig- figure that I look up to and like that taught me, hey, listen, like, you know, this is what ladies yeah, do, this is like, what ladies do, or this or is like, like what this a is girl like, should do. This is what you should expect from a man, because you know, right. fathers low key. You know, I, I saw this thing. They'll, put, like, you father, They'll no, put you on father. They'll put you on game. No, father raised independent woman and mother raised um, machistas. Machismo, yeah. Machistas, yeah. Ooh, um, I, know. I like that one. Anyway, so yeah, like I never, like I don't, I never had like a. Um, like a real man in my life that I look up to and then everybody around me or women's like a lot of my aunts yeah a lot of my aunt's friends and then you know things like that and then I hate it well I don't I don't want to talk about it now but they talk about when a lot of women raise you and then you they make you scared of sex oh my and then God. when you grow up and then you have daddy issues and then you're scared of sex and then you want to have sex but then you're, like, acting like a little girl when you're having sex because you're, like, want to make sure that you act innocent. Like, it's just yes. annoying. Yeah, and like, yeah. I, I feel like it, And I feel like it kind of go hand in hand with, like, the daddy issues because, honestly, like, your sexuality and, like, your sexual life when you grew up toxic and, like, in a crazy household has to be talked about. But that can be on another podcast. No, definitely. I definitely do think that having daddy issues does affect your relationship with men. Just... I would in just general, say even in general, yeah, yeah, even friendships, like, um, my brother actually was, well, he just identifies it in a different way, but, um, he claims that his ex-girlfriend has daddy issues, but she actually has her dad in her life, so I was like, um, no, she doesn't have daddy issues, you just don't like that she doesn't listen to you and that's where kind of like the narcissism manipulation kind of like men in control type of thing came in so I was like a lot of people don't know how to really identify females who have daddy issues Mm -hmm. so I don't think guys should just be basing off like oh no I don't fuck with her because this bitch got daddy issues or she just need a nah a lot of you guys don't actually know what it means so yeah do a little research no I definitely talk about it I mean, you can still have mild daddy issues when you have your father, depending on, like, how severe, um, was he, how, severe how in your life he was. But mm-hmm. honestly, I don't, from your brother, if it's coming from your brother, we need to have a conversation because I don't think he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. He Love you, though, if you're listening to this. <laughs> yes. So um, to wrap up on this topic, do you think that men should be able to judge you based on you having daddy issues or growing up in a toxic household if you're in a relationship with them um absolutely not um now if it's affecting the relationship and you're not seeking help or you know like you're just not willing to identify what is causing the issues then i guess you know like then you guys should break up right why 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 should there be judging when you can just leave the relationship? But I do think that even if you have daddy issues, even if you're like come from like a toxic household, you can still you be loved. You you're deserving love. Like you yeah, are you're lacking of love. Deserved. And and again, you touched on this a little bit earlier. 
self-love, bitch. Like, you know, work love on them. yourself. And you don't need a man that loves you if you love yourself enough. Like, then a love by a man will be a plus. It will be a plus to your you know, own loving. This is what I would tell my 18-year-old self. Bitch, you don't need a man to love you. You can yes. love yourself. Learn I've how to actually, love yourself. Yes. I've actually just started learning that mm-hmm. because I was so infatuated with the fact that I needed a guy to love me yeah. so that I can be able to, like, exceed, you know, my flourishing moments. Nah, sis. Love yourself. To anyone listening to this podcast, you come first. Always put yourself first. Always. How can you always, love someone always, else always. if you don't love yourself? Exactly. And I don't mean that. At the end of the day, um, you're never going to be content with your life if you don't have that self-love. Like, you won't, you cannot accept love from anybody else. Because no one, like, at the end, like, honestly, men and women hate people that when you tell them, I love you, or, like, you look pretty, or, like, you do this, or you're, like, this, do that. You're, like, oh, my gosh, no. Oh, my God, I look so ugly today. Oh, my God, no. Why do you love me? Like, what is it about me that you love? Like, I don't, you know, like. Have that self-confidence. Yeah. Like, thank you, I know. Yeah, just be, like, thank you. I love you, too. Or, like, oh, thank (laughs) you. I deserve this love. Or when people tell you that they love you, say thank you. Say it back. I love you, too. Say it back. Like, I love you, too. Yeah. And be, like, yeah, I deserve to be loved and accept that love. I agree with you. And tell yourself every day that you love yourself. Look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself, I love you. I love you, bitch. Get I'm never going to say, I you, love you, bitch. That's what you're going to Well, thank you so much, Brima, for tuning in. Guys, well, definitely thank you stay for having tuned. Me. Yes, it's always a pleasure. Um, Stay tuned for our next episode next week. It's definitely going to be... Some dating talk or some sex talk. I'm not. Oh sure my gosh, we should definitely talk out. about our dating life because that's that's gonna be an interesting topic. It'll be super interesting. Sure. Stay tuned, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.